Welcome to Pete and Hannah's Watchlist. I'm your host, Pete Mitchell. I'm here with my great co-host, Hannah. Hello, people. Hannah, we are here today for the AFI Top 100, and it's movie number 97. We are going through this so quickly, we'll be at number one before you know it. And movie number 97, Hannah, is the 1982 sci-fi classic, Blade Runner. Wow, sci-fi movie. Sci-fi movie, yeah. yeah. Uh, released on June 25th, 1982. And it goes for 113 minutes. Oh. And it currently is streaming in Australia on Foxtel and Stan. Now, you can get other cuts as well. Yeah. We'll go into that today. Um, but we're talking about the original cut because that was the night, the uh, AFI Top yeah, 100. Yeah, the one that they put on the uh, list. Have you seen this I've seen uh, the uh, recent, the most recent director's final cut. cut. Yeah, yep. the final cut of it. And I have known, I think it's one of those movies you know about before you've watched it. Yeah, because for it, sure. it's infected the lore of, of sci fi and yeah, yeah. pop culture. Uh, we happened to watch this recently for the Ridley Scott draft. And if yes. you haven't, uh, caught up with that we are going to do a great draft uh later this week so if you like drafts and all things ridley scott catch up with that one on our socials and on youtube uh the elevator pitch uh, replicants are human cyborgs that are now illegal and they are hunted down by a special police unit and they call themselves blade runner uh, the Maker Studio was Warner Brothers, so it's back-to-back Warner Brothers. Yeah, they get a lot of love. They um, were on a good run at this stage because they had um, Mad Max uh, 2 in 1982. Oh, yeah, okay. And they also had um, Chariots of Fire. Oh, wow. So, so they were pumping up these really big yeah. like, masterpieces. They were going, going hard. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the story behind Blade Runner. It yeah. was based on a book. Yes, it's the unicorn. No, what's, it is. What's it, it is based on the 1968 novel "Do Androids Dream You've of asked Electric, Electric Sheep?" sheep. That's yes. it. That's it. It's a Philip K. Dick uh, novel. Um, he also wrote "A Man in High Castle," which has uh, oh. been created into a TV show recently. Oh, I, I can just say, what a great name if that was the name of the movie i would see that movie yeah yeah for <laughs> that's sure. such yeah. a strange name yeah i have to see that uh he detrusted uh hollywood he knocked back a, f- a few different scripts yeah um but he was happy with the rewrites um he saw 20 minutes of test footage which he was pleasantly surprised he yeah, uh, okay. thought harrison ford was decker he, oh, that's, and, that's, and the whole scene that's came, nice. but he died before the movie was released hmm the budget was $30 million. Yes. There's seven different versions of this film. S- seven? Seven. Uh, we're going to talk about three main ones. The original cut was 1982. It was yep. 113 minutes. The second cut was 1992, and it was called the director's cut, but it actually wasn't the director's cut. It wasn't approved by Ridley Scott. It was Weird. a studio cut. Okay. Someone found the 70-millimeter... Uh, film when they were looking for another film. Oh, wow, that's I love that. And the guy goes, oh, this should be seen by the public. They showed it in a cinema and then it fast became a um, cult classic and they were selling out cinemas. And then the Warner Brothers goes, 
we can make money off this and then we're gonna release it on um, video VHS and Ridley's got um, said you can't call it a director's cut but they released it anyway yeah, so you yeah, to, yeah. Uh, change some stuff in it uh, the 2007 edition which became a, a DVD of which is the final cut and this is Ridley Scott's um, yeah. full version he had full creative control over this and he uh, changed everything that he wanted and he yeah, thinks this good. is his best film oh really yeah uh, sequel was released in 2017 and it was called Blade Runner 2049 now they yeah, wanted Ridley Scott to that. do it um, but he was too busy with the Alien franchise that he also yes, had a big hand in creating. Prometheus and, yeah. and it was directed by Denis Villeneuve, who is the director of Dune. Oh, Dune. Dune, part one, part it two. It all comes back around when we talk about Ridley Scott later um, about Dune. Yeah. Uh, the, the first uh, guy that really wanted to look into the um, adapting the book was Martin Scorsese. Oh, interesting. Okay. Ridley Scott came on board after his eldest brother's death, and he had a slow production schedule. Of what movie do you think was a slow production schedule of? What? Dune. Oh. He was going to direct Dune. Oh, interesting. And he wanted to direct the movie really quickly to get his mind off his brother's death. Ah, uh, yes. Which the later later the film um, Dune was done by David Lynch, and yeah. we D- are getting Dune, yeah. we are getting a part two version. From Denny Villeneuve next year, yeah. and that is also released by Warner Brothers Studios. It all comes back to the <laughs> circle. Um, both Ridley Scott and the producer were sacked from the film. Wow, production was tough with Ridley fighting with the, uh, the U.S. crew. They actually had a shirt war, so uh, the crew would wear a shirt saying um, "Dove," you know, oh. as in poking fun at Ridley Scott okay. and Ridley Scott would uh, fight back with a, a shirt you know um, poking fun at the US crew so it was called the t-shirt war oh. uh, let's make the movie about the behind the scenes yeah <laughs> originally uh, the Decca uh, category was a pen for um, Robert Mitchum um, mm, okay but then the one who came really close to becoming um, Decca was Dustin Hoffman that is such a weird, interesting yeah. he choice. He was far down the thing, and then he got into fights with um, Ridley and yeah. the production team, well, that's of course. Classic and Hoffman. So Harrison Ford was suggested from his starring roles in Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Oh, yes. Indy, um, Harrison Ford actually cut his hair, so he didn't was not wear, forced to wear a hat. And Ridley Scott was stuck with that hair. So that hair that is in this movie. I don't mind the hair. It's bad, but it's like it's not, yeah. I've seen absolute atrocious hair. Uh, Deborah Harry uh, turned down a role as well. Um, the, oh, yeah. the lead singer of Blondie. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. So Ridley Scott, for the production design, used the Edwards uh, Hopper Nighthawks painting as inspiration for okay. set design. Now that that painting is the one with the the diner. Have yes, you... I've yes, yeah. I know the exact one you're talking about. So if you have, it's a... been used so much yeah. in, in pop culture. On our um, YouTube uh, show, I'll pop a, a photo of the Nighthawks guy just to show uh, what it actually looks like. Can I... Is it the same one I'm thinking of? The one in The Simpsons when McBain finds out about uh, Mendoza? Yeah, it's also yeah. the one with um, Rex Banner as well. With the Rex Banner yeah, one, yeah. yeah. Uh, get Mendoza. Mendoza! Mendoza! 
Sorry, audience. Sorry, audience. <laughs> Those listening on Spotify and uh, Apple. <laughs> uh, sorry for your eardrums. Uh, Metropolis, that famous book, uh, was definitely used as also a, as a base for yes. the, the set design. Uh, the set, the uh, special effects were groundbreaking at the time. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. The same shots um, that were used in the end of this film were actually mm. used in The Shining by Stanley Kubrick. Wow. So, uh, oh, wait, Stanley Kubrick comes was, back to yeah, this. Yes. So, uh, Ridley Scott's... Uh, like, big, idol. Yeah, <laughs> idol was... The Kubrick. Uh, the Kubrick. Uh, famous brands that were used in this film... Right, so yeah, Pan Am. Pan Am was used. Yeah. Atari. Yes. Uh, all those films it's, failed. It's and so funny. Yeah, a lot of them don't don't last the so test of time. So marketers actually uh, um, called this phenomenon the Blade Runner curse. Um. Yeah. Or just you know, it's another case of like, de- like they're the future, like yeah. depicting you know. So a lot of those brands like are retro now and yeah. come back in a different sort of way. Hundred percent. Uh, so heaps of documentaries about that film mm. was really easy to do research for this film, and there was oh, like heaps of heaps of uh, uh, writings about it. So uh, it was it was a real out of all the films that we've done so far, the by far the easiest. Yeah, yeah. I'd also even easier than Toy Story, which was like a, a 1995 film. I, I would also say how much I think this one's the most one of the more influential movies yeah. on the list entirely. Definitely. Uh, the original date of where the film was set was 1992, but it later um, has been changed in Ridley Scott's mind. <laughs> that's all we care about. Uh, yeah. It's later moved to 2021. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the um, the building at the end of this movie, um, the Brugby building is a famous yeah. building yeah. Um, in, in LA. It was used for many films, but I'm going to highlight two. One is Chinatown, which is la- is going to be on later. Yes, on the list okay, of the yeah. Top hundred, and the other is Lethal Weapon Four. Is it really? Yes. <laughs> that's great. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Okay, so let's go into uh, production team and cast. So the director, so it's Ridley Scott. We're a big fan. It's big Sir fan. Ridley Scott, uh, director of Gladiator, director of Alien, <laughs> <laughs> director of. House of Gucci. Thank you. <laughs> um, he was uh, big in the uh, art world. He was like an arts major. Then went into commercials and yeah, then this uh, is started directing. One of his earlier third films. movie. Yeah, I mean, he knocks it out of the park with like yeah, two of the biggest goes, sci-fi movies of goes all time. Goes Jules into Alien into Blade Runner. Yeah, I would even put this. Alien in. was very successful, but Blade Runner wasn't. Yeah, uh, but I would honestly put his final cut into one of my top like top three I don't think movies. it's his final cut I'm going to explain why right now <laughs> oh, so Ridley Scott never read the book yes that sounds about right yep never read the book and his original cut of this movie was four hours long of course it was so I reckon he's of got a sneaky course. cut out there of course it is you know who so I'll watch it so so recently he directed Napoleon and he there is a a rumored four hour cut oh my god what's with directors making four hour movies and they're like yeah of course of course everyone wants to watch four hours of this many directors love this movie yes Nolan and uh, Del Toro consider it their one of their favorite films yeah and you can definitely see that Nolan has used this uh, the the skate the, yeah. the 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 setting uh, the this movie is 
like stunning. Even though, yes, it's a movie of, you know, yep. you, you kind of they're working with what they can at the time. Yep. It is actually quite beautiful to look at, like that yeah, kind of. Hundred percent. It's timeless, even though it's a futuristic movie. It has a timeless quality to oh. it with the neon. It's a great set design. Yeah. Uh, so produ- production company was the Lad Company, which Alan Ladd Jr. He was the producer of Star Wars and Alien, so he oh. was on, he was on yeah, a real yeah, heater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on a heater. <laughs> um, Michael Dealey was the main producer of this film. Yeah. I'm going to give you um, two of his best work. Yeah. All right. Italian job. Oh, oh, I the, t- the. I told you not to blow the. I told you not to blow the bloody doors off. I told you to don't blow my door. Uh, and he also um, produced Deer Hunter. And oh, that okay, is going to yeah, be later on, the, on our list as well. Yeah. And then Blade Runner. Yeah. Actors. Okay, so we have uh, Harrison Ford. He hated yes. working with Ridley Scott. I've heard these tales. He despised the narration. Um, you can tell yes. because he phoned it in. Uh, <laughs> they now agree both agree that they're both pains in the um, bottom yeah and uh, they're better off being friends uh, yes let's not work together yeah Harrison Ford like what like iconic you know Star Wars Indiana Jones yeah he the plays future. Yeah. the future the name is Dr. Richard Campbell it was on me it was the, the one, one on men <laughs> uh, Rooker Howard like the Hitcher Sin City Batman yeah. Begins oh uh, he ad-libbed That's a lot of this and he rewrote mm. a lot of the script and he was a bit of a oh, like uh, prankster because he uh, really Scott hadn't um, met him before before he cast him and so oh, okay. he turned up to casting right <laughs> um, with a weird haircut um, hot pink shirt fluoro pants and Ridley Scott goes what if I <laughs> and then Rookie Howe goes Matt, I'm just joking you know so I it, like like the the bleach blonde hair, the the accent in this, it's, the skin tight um, uh, short shorts, like yeah. mate, Ruka how? I mean, wow. you gotta really make a statement, and God, yeah. he does. Oh, he does. Uh, Sean Young is in this. this. is one of her first movies. Um, she was in Ace Ventura, Pet oh, Detective. Yeah. She was a baddie. Uh, spoiler alert. She was in a great. <laughs> she was in June as well. So it comes back down to June. Oh yes. And she was in a great thriller trash, and it's. 100% we have to watch this movie <laughs> it's called No Way Out it's got Kevin Costner in it and Gene oh, Hackman oh wow brilliant uh, Edward J. Olmos now you might remember him from a little show called Stand and Deliver but also he was in The West Wing okay yeah, yes 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 Roberto yes Roberto Mendoza Mendoza, Mendoza! <laughs> wow well, it really comes back it really comes back uh, and also Daryl Hedder's in this movie. Oh, yeah. And okay. so she was um, in Kill Bill, but she was yeah. famously in Splash. And she was yeah. also Charlie Sheen's girlfriend in the movie <laughs> Wall Street. Yeah. A pretty good cast. It's a good... It's solid. It's solid. It works. I think um, this movie is very much more dependent... It's one of those movies that's more dependent on the story and the... Oh, feel of this movie the, I think then the, the characters are, the uh, then the I'm acting gonna, the next thing I'm going to talk about is the are the big thing of this movie the score Ventilous. oh Amazing. man so for, for those who like um, listening to movie, movie scores and stuff like that yeah. they're actually going to do a live show of this movie score set oh. to the movie 
February 10th. Now, we are already taking that weekend because we're going um, tail to see the uh, but, greatest performer of our generation. Yeah, uh, but if you're in Brisbane, uh, I think it's touring actually all around Australia. Yeah. Um, Vangelis score set to this Amazing. movie, recreated. Like it's one of those, it's one of those film scores. You put your headphones in and you start walking. You are the main character well, of your story. Do you know what the score uh, before this movie they did? What? 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 Chariots of Fire. Oh, okay. So they were just making like yeah. amazing scores yeah. <laughs> and different as well. Like it's, oh, it's, it's very different. Yeah, and it's unique yeah. and it very much captures what what's the vibe of this movie uh screenplay original screenplay was hampton uh franger um, yeah but look i did, didn't like his um take on it mm, mm, um mm. he also wrote the sequel but the okay the guy that came in did the rewrites um his name is david peoples and philip k dick he, he got sold on that he loved it oh okay yeah. so the warner brothers executives had a an executive that really liked um philip k they Philip K. Dick, and he got on with this executive well, and he got this project across the line. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about reaction at the time of the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, box office was $40 million, so considered a failure. Yeah, of course. It was released too close to a uh, Star Trek sequel, The Wrath of Khan. Oh, Khan! <laughs> also released on the same weekend as The Thing. Oh, okay, so we're talking about some of the biggest sci-fi movies. And Oh no, 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 not E.T. Yeah, so that didn't do oh, a very good job. Oh, no. The critics lauded it as a neo-noir foundation of cyberpunk. Yeah. But hated the slow pace and the lack of human story depth. Interesting. Uh, it was nominated for two Oscars. Uh, it was nominated for art direction and special effects. E.T. won for <laughs> uh, special effects. But I would say that this movie, I would say it was a better job than E.T. Yeah, I guess E.T., I mean, you have that puppetry work and some of the other yeah. stuff. But it, I, I, we're talking about E.T., which was like, we're talking about one of the most successful yeah. Senior Spielberg movies we've ever seen. Reaction to the film recently, so Rotten Tomatoes is 89%, Metacritic is 84 Yeah. and Letterboxd is 4.1 with IMDb. Uh, 8.1 so it's one of the highest ones we've done so far already yeah cool. uh, anything written about recently so there was a great uh, book uh, written in 1996 by Paul Salmon that yeah. goes into more depth of this um, story the, the story of it yeah of the, so, and of the, the movie? movie how the movie was made yes so, okay so I got great a lot of my information from this book. <laughs> yes so well done Paul Salmon uh, Roger Ebert praised the visuals but said the story was so thin that's so strange Hot take. Do you have a hot take this weekend? So every Thursday yeah. we do a great segment called Clickbait, which you can get on YouTube, Apple well, Podcasts, just... and Spotify. What is your hot take this week? My hot take about this movie, well, besides the fact that director's cuts are solely needed, uh, 100%, because the original cut of this movie is not great. No. Absolutely horrendously garbage. Yeah. Compared to what, like, the final cut of this, the most recent final cut, well, as you say. Um, <laughs> uh, director cuts are sorely needed. I Honestly, there's nothing truly, like, where I'd be like, oh, this, this shouldn't be in this movie, or this movie yeah. should be. Because what's interesting about, I think it's just the original version of this movie is probably the worst version of yeah. the movie. 
that's that's my biggest take from it. My hot take this week is without video and DVD, this movie wouldn't be on the list. Okay, interesting. So you think it this wouldn't? This movie got love because of yeah, of which VHS. Well, there's a lot of movies on this list that actually that's the same kind of deal, especially some of the older films on this list. Of the re of the reissue, yeah. I would sure. say the reissue of the movie got the praise, but slowly down the line. But I meant, but this, there are a few but movies, this movie that, especially because it didn't make any money, it didn't win any Oscars. I critically, critically was panned a little bit, yeah. But people rewatching it, it got into the zeitgeist, and it, it yeah, I think loved it. getting it when it got that next cut version of it. So that's I the think nineteen ninety two, yeah. So yeah. getting that director's cut. And the whole that movies, really took off. I think that t- would take off also because director's cuts of films weren't... Like, nowadays, you'll hear almost yeah. every director has a director's cut. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's so well, rare the, to the have... The cut was released the same year that this uh, uh, list was revisited. Yes. So... Um, Which is interesting. Yeah, so the fact that I think this movie was probably selected off the director's cut, you know. Yeah, and they just put, you know, whatever the... But they, they, on the uh, AFI list, it's definitely yes. can we, an A2 version. Can we talk about the ending of this movie? Well, let's, let's go into the review. Yeah. Okay. So well, we can, a few other things, okay. but yeah. Okay, so, um, reasons two. Can we go reasons or two? Because reasons two is just, well, yeah, it's, it's better. stunning. It's got a great score. Uh, if you've ever watched any sci-fi, cyberpunky type of thing, and you're like, oh, you know what's this from it's like literally will be this movie yeah almost I, I think a lot of movies have to i like i really think that um batman 1989 looks very similar to uh darkness <laughs> Any, of anything Blade that's Runner. using yeah um so personally my experience with uh the, like i didn't i hadn't watched blade runner until recently yeah and so my experience my most experience was with um cyberpunk 277 the video game which is based off um mike pondsmith who made a tabletop game about this other book yeah and then the video game though the creators really took influence for different um sci-fi yeah and but cyber uh but uh blade runner was a huge influence especially into how that world looks it has those like graphics all over the buildings and everything like and you can find like easter eggs like the like just you know pigeons and and yeah. and birds and rain and everything and you can find it different comes back to pigeons with you <laughs> i love them um and so when you it's just so stunning to see to see like all these different everyone always harkens back to blade runner yeah. no matter what like 100% doesn't matter the the reasons not to see this movie, the voiceover is grating. <laughs> it's absolutely... It doesn't, it doesn't fit in as, at all. It's phoned in by Harrison. like it and, it, is, and it turns a movie that's stylized into what basically is still a trash yeah, at that point. The Ford and Sean Young scenes are, are so hard to watch. Like, mm, it's okay, just yeah. absolutely really tough. Like, I just... I just didn't believe them as a couple, um, <laughs> and it was just—it was like the way he was. I know, like he, it's I know an A two, but the way he was. I will it, say, it yeah, was just, it's it was gross. The 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 relationship formed in this movie is yeah. is startling. But then I, but then when you look at the whole idea of cyberpunk, is more so less than utopia, is more dystopian yeah. in its own right, where everything's not all peachy keen. 
Okay, so let's talk about the ending. Okay, so the original ending, and then we're going to talk about the final cut ending. Yeah. So the original ending is Decker coming home after uh, Rooker Howard. Yeah, the fight and yeah, stuff. Um, is finished. He goes home. He hopes to see Rachel. Rachel's there. They decide to leave, and then he sees this little owl foil unicorn. Unicorn, and then he remembers what Edward A. almost says to him. (laughs) Hope she's gonna survive, you know. And then Decker's voiceover um, saying that, (laughs) saying saying that he. knows Rachel special he's got she's got more than four years left and you know d- they don't know how long it lasts oh my and they're god flying in a car oh and, optimism and then they're overlooking this is the Stanbrook Kubrick uh view of yeah. the thing and and that's how the movie ends yeah. and then you get the Vangel score come back in yeah uh that is absolute trash it is the Grease style ending of oh, movies it's 100% Grease style you yeah. know, Greece at the end of the movie for no apparent reason, Sandy and Danny just get in the car fly. and fly. And yeah. any movie that does that is seriously. <laughs> I. Uh, How do you land the plane? So the final <laughs> cut is no voiceover. Um, yeah. He sees the alfoil uh, unicorn, yeah, and then that's the end. Yeah, it's kind of, and that's the thing. It should be like open yeah. ending because yeah, there you don't is know a, if that guy's around the corner to shoot Rachel. You don't it, know. You don't know. You don't know if he believes that they could have time together. Yeah. You don't know if some other things like who or what. So uh, the underlying thing in this movie, and it's addressed in the sequel, is that the Blade Runner um, Decker is a um, a cyborg as well. Yeah. Oh, that's what happens in the sequel? Yeah, well, it's sort of intimated that he is, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's cool. I don't... It's yeah. it's cool in the sense they wanted to go that path. Well, it's uh, it's probably perfect because Harrison Ford is robotic. <laughs> in his performance of this character. Oh, I I just... I do love... I love more of an open ending, especially with um, any sort yeah, of... Like, uh, any sort of cyberpunk fiction, it's better having a... I don't need to be spoon-fed. Optimism should not be a thing. Hope I, is uh, hope is gone. I really, yeah, I just really don't need to be spoon fed. Like, yeah, it's fine. Once consumerism took over, it's gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we know because Atari and Ken Ham don't exist. Hen, <laughs> uh, does this movie deserve to be on the list? Um, not the version put on the list. I think it, is. I don't think it does. I, I think it does. I don't think it does. I, I don't think it does. I don't think oh, it deserves to be on the list. You say why you don't believe it should be on the list? I just think it's just formulaic. It's just a uh, wow. chase movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a so. chase movie. It's just a guy chasing down some criminals. Yeah, it's not the I worst chase movie I've seen. No, it's not the worst, but it's not the best either. Do you know what I'd put as the worst chase movie I've ever seen? Okay, what's it? The Last Jedi. Oh. That is the absolute worst Ooh. chase movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Yep. I'll never watch that movie again. Anyway, uh, but... Does this have to be high on the list? It wasn't on the You want to hear why I would put it on this? Okay, so does it, does it deserve to be higher? Uh, I, I would... I if we're putting the final cut of this movie, yeah. a thousand percent, I'm putting it up higher. Yeah. I'm leaning it up higher as well. Well, because sci-fi is the weirdest genre to get right. Like no, what like there gets right. I think Aliens is probably a better movie. I think oh, I think Aliens intense. Yeah. And the thing is, it's a great sci-fi but slash horror yeah. because there's not that many great horror movies that could make a list, true. right? That's true. Because horror really falls down into slasher and well, and and Harrison Ford's uh, narration is horrific. Uh yeah, and this but I am talking about it. If I was picking the final cut, yeah. I'd put it on the list, put it up higher. 
because it's up there with movies like Interstellar, which I know you don't personally like, mm, but it's movies like how they really changed, I guess, put a human story, changed the landscape of sci-fi. Like, if you were just um, uh, selecting this on visually, uh, yeah, it's, that's... it's a visual masterpiece. But when you're putting that final cut where you don't know exactly what's going on, where it is by the numbers, a guy chasing down, yeah. you know, hunting down killers, like, yeah, you know, the classic... But when you put in the idea of, um, you know, these these androids basically wanting to live, wanting to yeah. be more Replicate. humans. Yeah, when, they, when they're trying to be more than what they are, yeah. it has these questions about society. Should, yeah, well, they, should has, they live? I mean, if they do, they only got four, four years left yeah, in them. Yeah, it's a question about it, slavery it, as well. And, yeah, yeah. And, and, then you're, and then you're questioning why, yeah. why are they hunting down anyway? Because if they do become yeah so yeah. and there are ones that became psychos but you know it's it you know you all these questions all these lingering it's sci-fi and it's finest i think it's so being horrorless what, what number what number are you thinking i don't know it depends i i it will depend on as the list goes on but i would put it safely in the top 50 at least oh wow yeah i, wow. I, I just think We've uh, definitely just... <laughs> zagged this week. Yeah, you are very much on. No, no, no. Goodbye. No, no. I, and I'm not a huge sci-fi lover, but yeah, I like. I, I love movies that make me question. The next couple of movies I'm really high on, and oh, I was high on the movie last week as well. Oh yeah, where I'm, I'm like just not high on this movie at all. Like yeah. I like sci-fi movies normally, uh, and I just didn't like it. Yeah. Oh, I think we love opposite sci-fi yeah. movies because the ones you don't like, I yeah. like. I just, I just don't like. I just didn't like this Ridley Scott movie. I just. I, <laughs> I give me someone to watch over me. <laughs> give me Thelma <laughs> Louise. Give me White Squall. Give me GI Jane. <laughs> give me GY GI Jane. Give me House of Gucci. Hey, 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 hey! House give of Gucci. Give me Last Jewel. House of Gucci, number one, maybe. Would you buy it on physical media? A hundred percent. We're yeah. talking about only Final Cut. Y- yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'll take all of them though. Would you watch this again? Not the original. No. No. Not not the original. Next weekend. Oh, we where are is next week? We are doing Do the Right Thing. That's a great Christmas movie. Do, the, do the Right Thing. Yeah, by Spike Lee. So, oh, okay. This so is interesting. Yeah, so it's a great Christmas movie. Uh, <laughs> don't forget to leave feedback, good or bad, and we'll read uh, the best ones on the show. Um, last week we received some feedback from Mummy Clicker on Instagram saying that D. Lovely, the Cole Porter yeah. biopic, is it's, a great example of a biopic, especially because it didn't have any artist interference. Because Cole Porter I, was dead. Yeah, well, it wasn't. It didn't matter. It doesn't matter if the artist is alive or dead. They, they, it. Could, Hollywood's been doing them for years. Yeah, screwing them up. But I would say I also thought about it. There was technically because I didn't consider it um, a biopic because it's based off the the Broadway <laughs> version of it. But Funny Girl is technically also a biopic, even though it's very, very loosely based off the story yeah. of Fanny Bryce. And I love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. But it's still, I think that one's probably the best musical um, biopic of yeah. an artist, even though it's probably very loosely taken. Uh, and Dear Lovely, I don't know. I haven't seen the movie personally. Yeah, I've seen but it. It's good. It's Kevin good, Klein, but... Ashley Judd. Would you be like, you know, that's better than Inky Doodle Danny? No, no, I like Inky Doodle Danny. I liked it <laughs> last week. I did. I liked it. Hi. Uh, okay, so that's it for today's show. So we've got a great week mm. here on Peter and Hannah's Watchlist. 
we have got what's next we're reviewing wonka and maestro then we have a preview of the boxing day movies it's a huge week in australian cinema where all the releases come out at, at once yeah and then on a special edition so we'll drop two parts of um what's next movie news this week we'll do the usual movie news with hannah and then we'll do our special christmas draft and we'll be taking on danny again and it's our revenge we're coming for yeah him. and we've got the usual stuff as well of the blockbuster game and our championship belt holder this week special edition christmas movies so Woo-hoo. we will be naming our championship belt oh my christmas movie hannah thank you for your attendance on today's show mm-hmm. really do appreciate it anything else to say um to the viewers and to the listeners mendoza mendoza if you know you know yeah you know you know don't wreck my jubilee, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great time. Celestial navigation. <laughs> oh, it's going. Oh, we're so close, Anne. We're so close. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Until next week when we uh, catch up for Do the Right Thing. Yes. You can uh, watch that right now uh, on Apple TV. And thanks for everyone for listening to the Blade Runner episode. You can catch up on all our stuff on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and give our like and follow to all our channels. Until next week, we'll be talking after Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone, and happy holidays. From Peter and Hannah, that is the Watchlist AFI Top 100 Podcast. <laughs>